0: This is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith. My guest this week on episode 23 is Kieran Dixon, former Super League player with London Broncos and now winger for the York City Knights. We're talking his career, rugby league in London, what he's made of the season so far, and much more. Uh, I started off by asking him, how did he first get into the sport?
1: I got into rugby league through one of my mates from uh, back in school. We, um, we used to play rugby union together. Um, we used to do everything together, pretty much. Um, anything he'd done, I'd done. He um, went and played rugby league for the local club, Hemel Stags, and I went and joined him and I enjoyed it. So I just carried on playing, really.
0: The first club you signed for, who were that and how did they spot you?
1: Um I signed for London Broncos was that that was my first club. Um it came around like they had an open trial. Um I think I was sixteen maybe, um when they had the trials and I went to them trying obviously to to be picked up for the um academy or scholarship as it was called. Um but I got told I was too small, so um they said maybe if you can, if you get a bit bigger, you obviously be able to cope with the the contact and stuff. Um, so I was kind of annoyed. I thought I was good enough, but obviously they didn't think that themselves. So then I went back and played some more at, at Hamel Stags and was in the first, like played a couple second team games and a couple first team games. And then we used to have players come on. Like I could like a loan thing like they the kids that didn't play um would play for our our team like under 18s and um from there they must have seen me on the video and asked me to come on on a two week trial and on the first on the end of the first week they offered me a, a, a scholarship contract
0: yeah and being told that you're too small was that you know how was that like how did you deal with that
1: um, it was obviously frustrating because it's something that you know, I can't change. you know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't make myself grow taller. I couldn't make myself any bigger than I was. So it was kind of frustrating. It, it irritated me just because it was something that I was out of my control in, in the terms of my, how big I was. But, um, I used that just to kind of, um, boost myself into just like thinking like I, I want to do this so I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to to make it. So yeah. That just made me work that little bit harder than I, yeah. I possibly would have done.
0: Yeah I was gonna say having setbacks sort of motivates you to do more, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Um so obviously from London, um what is rugby league like over in London? It's good mate. There's
1: there's a lot of people that play. Um, There's clubs all over London and it's, it's a sport that, that, that it's like I say, it's, it's also, it's awesome to play. Um, It just needs to, uh, obviously there's a lot of work gone into, obviously trying to bring, bring London kids through the systems and into, into like a first team setup. And I think there's been a fair few, if you look around Super League still, now there's, a lot of A lot of players that have come from London, and if they're not in super league, like you, just, you still you look around the leagues and you s- you can see how many people from London have actually played the top level um and I think there's plenty more people like that, but it's just trying to draw them in and have a club that is in or around the top top tiers of the competitions. Do you know what I mean,
0: yeah. I think it's, it seems like London's doing quite well at the moment. You know, we're seeing quite a few players coming through. One just comes out, uh, Kai Pierce Paul at Wigan right now. So, you know, obviously something's going right because players are coming through into Super League.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying, mate. There's, there's a lot of players that go unnoticed down in London because it's not a, it's not like the hub like up here you've got the M sixty two where all the clubs and like a lot of the championship clubs and League One clubs are. They're all around the same areas and with London it's so far out of that loop. Yes, yeah,
0: so unless early,
1: it? And, Yeah, unless you're um, unless you're playing and want to do it. There's no there's no second place you can go, if you know what I mean. There's no step between the top and amateur, whereas up here you've got League One, a yeah. good amateur competition, and obviously championships. So like the, 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 there's different um, there's different steps up here than there is down south. Obviously, London Broncos or London Scholars, yeah. they're the only two teams that are playing at a professional level. Whereas up here, the 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 pick is massive. Yeah so i think that it's i think that's a that's a that's a that's, a, that's a, the hard part for it down south i think
0: uh, and on to the current season then um i suppose it's not been what you would have hoped i suppose in terms of performances uh for the team uh what have you what have you made of it this year
1: um it's been a frustrating year mate obviously um there's been really close games that we've lost and there's been we we've played well in patches which is which is when we're doing it is good um we've been on we were until last week we was on I was at like a 3 match winning streak or something like that um so it's it's been frustrating obviously we have a team that that has the ability to to do really well um if you look at the players that we have in our squad it's it's not a, it's not a weak squad. Um, I'd say it's pretty strong, but we've, it's just almost like we haven't managed to find the right formula to obviously spring us through the year. We've had a lot of trouble with obviously the six halfbacks and fullback being injured and changing most weeks, which doesn't help. Obviously, they're the they're the guys that you obviously need to be consistent and take your team around the field and guide you, but. Um, having changed them so often, obviously doesn't doesn't help us at all.
0: Yeah, how big a role do you think that this sort of freak season plays in that? Because I look in Super League, and barring like the top three, a lot of them, most of those teams have underperformed. I would suggest. So you know, I, you've got to put that down to you know the short on season and then these quick fire games, surely.
1: Um. Yeah, obviously it it, it doesn't help that the, the games, like you say, are quick fire um, but it's obviously the way they've had to do it this year just yeah. to get the games and season in which is um, understandable um, like I say, the quality might have dropped a little bit um, but it's still on the teams, it's not like we're not no one's training or not being able to do anything everyone's doing the same stuff but um yeah, I don't know. Obviously, with Super League, it's hard for me to say because I've not played it um, this year. So, um, But definitely for playing in the Championship, it feels that the year's gone really fast so far. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels strange that we're almost yeah. at the end, really.
0: Yeah, I thought that as well, yeah. Um, so, you've recently had COVID. Uh, what were that like?
1: Um, yeah, it wasn't great, mate. Uh it was frustrating, just obviously, like, I don't, obviously no one wants to get sick or feel feel ill. Um, and to miss games as well is is always so annoying. Like, that's something that I don't like doing at all. I want to be playing as much as I can do. And like I say, we're, even with the injury that I've got now, it's, it's frustrating that I'm not able to play. Yeah. Um, but um, you do everything just to make yourself feel good and be able to be selected for the weekend. So I'm hoping that um, that happens again next week. But yeah, COVID itself wasn't wasn't nice at all. It was a bit of a struggle to deal with, well to say struggle. It was just more frustrating because there was nothing I could do to like fix it with <laughs> with like any headache tablets or whatever it is, there was no way to fix it. <laughs> I just had to ride it out and yeah. and do my time in lock up.
0: Yeah. So, so what, did you have symptoms then? Cause we told like, oh, you know, these athletes don't get affected by it. Um, no, so I didn't have
1: any symptoms leading up. I just had a bad headache and um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a migraine. So, um, I kind of just relaxed and didn't do anything, but yeah, in the end I took a lateral flow test and it, it yeah. came back positive. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so in terms of like the protocols around that, so you, you get the positive test, then you, is it like a week off in isolation? But then there's, there's an extra uh, delay, isn't there, a return to play or something like that?
1: Yeah, so you do, you do, you do your normal isolation that, that anybody else would do. It's the 10 days that you do inside. And then with obviously rugby, like because it has an impact on on your lungs and how you feel, they do like a seven-day return to play, which is obviously um, they introduce you to exercise slowly, so you don't just get thrown back in on a game, and um, that you can be at high risk of being or, or getting ill again because of obviously the stress that's been put on your body. So they do, yeah. It's just like a, it's just like a preparation for bringing back into training, and then obviously game time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and going back a bit in the season uh, the 1895 cup final um what was it like uh, to play in that
1: it was it was really good i think um any any chance somebody gets to play at wembley was is, um, is an amazing is an amazing opportunity um just yeah just to it's like a dream come true i think um to to be able to play at a stadium with with that much history and and the world, world knows what it is. It's it's a good accomplishment for anybody. And like I say, it's um, it's it's, a, it's almost like a dream come true to be able to play there.
0: Yeah. What was it like, you know, going up there and sort of like soaking it all in and walking out on the on the pitch and that?
1: Um, it's good, mate. Um, like I say, just to be able to go into the change rooms and you just think of who's walked these. Walk this path before you and who's going to walk it after you? Like all the, all the footballers, obviously rugby players and yeah. it, just that, that in itself, like you see that you walk down the corridors and you see the pitchers who's been and played there. You see all that sort of stuff and the atmosphere you get from the field and it's, it's incredible. Like it's, it's hard to explain how, how, how it makes you feel. And uh, it, it would be. Yeah, I don't think I could do it justice and in, in how how to explain the, this sensation that you get when you walk out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about your kicking style because it's I'd say it's very unique, but uh, <laughs> you know, you you get you're very successful with it. Um how did you sort of develop that?
1: Um everyone everyone asks this question that's um it makes me laugh, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of strange kicking styles and um, around. um, Yeah, there's a lot of strange kicking styles, but I think, I don't know why mine gets so much, so much uh, attention. Um, Yeah. I used to kick very similar, um, but I used to spray the ball to the right. So um, I went um, in off season. I went, I went and done some loads of kicking practice by myself and, um, changed up a few few things and the way I approach the ball and stuff like that, and um, it worked. It started to work, and obviously I've kept it the same since. Like you say, like you can you can be a good kicker or you can do this stuff, but there's always stuff that you can tweak to make it a little bit better. And I think I managed to find the exact thing for me that works, and I stuck at it. So I've I've had a pretty pretty good year so far from the tee. Yeah.
0: Is is there any sort of like maths or science behind where you kick it, or is it just basically I'll do it this way and see how that goes, and then sort of trial trial and error sort of thing?
1: Yeah, like I say, I, I kicked I used to kick very similar. It was um, my approach wasn't too too dissimilar, but I like I say I used to miss I think a lot too when I did mistake they, where they went off in a direction that was consistent, if you know what I mean. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So I just adjust, like I say, I went away in off season and practiced myself in, in my approach and how, how I was kicking the ball. And I was getting, like I say, until I got a consistent flight from each kick and just, yeah, just the tweaking of the way I approached the ball and where I started my run up. And that was about it. And like I say, it's, it worked. And like this year, it's, it's, um, been, I've been pretty pretty good from the tee.
0: So. Yeah, uh, and you've played under several coaches. Um, what would you say is like the best like sort of advice that they've give you?
1: Um, that's hard to say, mate. Um, like I said, I've, I've had I've had a fair few coaches, and they've all they've all helped in their own ways, and it's hard to pinpoint who's who's give the best information and or the best advice they've like I say they've without the coaches that we've had and um I wouldn't be able to say I've done all the things that I have done if you know what I mean
0: yeah uh, and in terms of uh York you're with them uh for this season uh will you be staying on uh, next year or is that decided or what
1: no it's nothing's been decided yet um uh just waiting on a contract offer from them. I've not heard anything. They've not spoke to me yet, so I'm still still waiting. And yeah, it's um, I don't know what I'm doing next year yet. So we'll we'll um, have to see what
0: happens. I'm sure you'll be snapped up either way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um. So you sort of approaching the latter stages of your career. Um. Have you got plans beyond that? Like, do you want to stay in rugby or do something else? I hope I'm not reaching the end of my career. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you
1: know, I hope I'm not. I hope I've got of, I should have plenty of time left. Well, but, um,
0: look at Fui Fui Mai Mai. He's still going. So yeah, exactly, mate. That's how I'm looking at it from now
1: on. I'll, I just have to I'll have to say Fui Fui Mai Mai still playing, so I can do
0: it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no plans then beyond rugby or not um not as yet i i'm trying to work on a few
1: things away from from rugby at the minute obviously i've got a bit of spare time um yeah. but like i say i just i'm trying to trying to get myself secured for the next few years um as soon as possible and if that once that happens i I'll, I'll hopefully be able to get stuck into moving or working on what's 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 next for me
0: yeah. So you've never thought like I want to be a coach or anything like that?
1: No, that's never come across my mind, to be honest, mate. All
0: right. Uh, right. Let's go on to some quick fire questions. Um, yep. So, first one um, Have you got any superstitions?
1: Superstitions? Um, no. No, I don't have any superstitions.
0: Uh, g- guilty pleasure. Sweets. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, have you got any regrets?
1: Uh, no, I don't have any regrets.
0: And uh, the the toughest moment of your career so far? Uh,
1: England Knights 2013 when I injured my knee.
0: Yeah. Uh, how long did that put you out for? Uh,
1: I... I was out for ten months, but should have been a year.
0: Right, bloody hell! So, what was you thinking, like then?
1: Um,
0: well, I got I got told
1: obviously I, I knew I'd done something bad. I thought I'd broke my leg when I'd done it. I heard a big snap. Um, and I, yeah, I thought I was going to look at my leg and see it all over the place, but I didn't, and um, and it turned out I'd um obviously snapped, like injured my knee and three ligaments in my knee were were shot um so i had to go see, see a surgeon and he obviously had to give me the worst case scenario of i might never play again um and that that here and them words was the scariest scariest thing that a a a rugby player could hear um is that you might never play again so that's probably the the scariest part i've ever come across in, in my playing career
0: you know we've seen quite a few super league players retiring early this year is that something that you're, you're fearing sort of thing
1: no um no i, I don't i don't want i don't feel like I need to retire um like i say I feel like I've got plenty of time left to play a lot of a lot of um a lot of rugby time to to give so um and that's that's not ever come across my mind but um yeah there's there's been a lot like you say, there's been a lot of people retiring early and it's horrible to see because there've been some really talented players. Um but again, they've got to do what's best for them in the long run. The rugby career doesn't last forever, but you 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 your life does. You go on past rugby and it's it's trying to make this self the the best opportunities after if you're if you're holding these injuries. You don't wanna go into your second career and in a in a horrible shape and not be able to do much. Yeah.
0: Uh, and next uh, question: um, What music are you into?
1: Uh, I like everything really, mate. Apart from indie stuff, really. Ah, oh,
0: so so everything that I like then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, um,
0: uh, embarrassing moment.
1: Um, I don't know. I've not got a clue. Uh,
0: yeah, the the other players I asked. Uh, most of the time they say uh, missing like the easiest goal kick have you ever done that um
1: yeah i've missed <laughs> I, I think I think I missed one from not too not too far from the middle of the sticks when oh. I was younger
0: when uh w- who were that far uh
1: it would have been my amateur club I used oh. to just run up I used to just run up and try and kick it as hard as i could
0: did it did he uh, have a bearing on the game uh no. We we lost. It It didn't really matter then, I suppose. No, it didn't matter, but it was embarrassing. Kieran Dixon there. Right, on to Magic Weekend. And (laughs) it was action-packed, wasn't it? And first of all, let's just talk about the attendances because I think uh, it was bigger than 2019 was, actually. Uh, So... You know, we've said a lot about the attendances this year that they weigh down and they have been. But that's obviously positive signs because, you know, pre-COVID and it's beaten that. So, I mean, that's, you've got to take that. I think the reason attendances have been pretty low this year is because, first of all, you don't have the where The season's just started and you've not had rugby for so long. And then, you know, there's a there's always a big boost for the first game, isn't there? Well, we've had that opportunity taken away from us because uh, the season started with restricted crowds or no crowds or whatever. So we've had that taken away. By the time people are actually allowed in, I think, to be honest, most of the teams in Super League have been disappointing, barring... Catalan Dragons and St Helens and maybe Warrington all the rest have actually been not that good so where's the clamour to go halfway through the season when you've seen crap performances you know we talked about Wigan's terrible attendances but I think that sort of reflects what's going on on the field as well as what's going on off it so I think that's why there's been a bit of a poor attendances this year because a lot of teams have struggled. There's been loads of injuries and, you know, there's not been that early season boost that there usually would have been if they was allowed to go at the start. And obviously, there's been the farce of games being postponed and whatnot. And I've bought tickets to games that have been postponed. So you don't actually know if, if you actually going to end up there and also people want to buy on the days some people have not been able to do that i think you are now but certainly in when it returned that wasn't available but yeah that was just that for the attendances i think it was 60 odd thousand so sixty four thousand. i think it was around that ballpark so impressive numbers i suppose and we might as well start with the Salford game, because I think it's a big opportunity miss for Salford. I think Castleford weren't that good in the opening stages of the game. Salford's defence was not up to scratch, but they kept responding. And the respo- every time Castleford scored; it were met with a response from Salford. And there was a time when I think they got a forty-twenty Salford. Can't remember what period of the game it was. Maybe towards the end. But they had a 40-20, and they could have eked ahead, but they missed the opportunity. And I don't think Castleford were that good, to be honest. But Salford sort of lost it for themselves, I would suggest. But that win keeps Castleford in the playoff race, I think. It's, uh, it, I think it's between them and Hulk KR, And incidentally, they're playing each other next, so that's going to be an interesting one. Also, the Catalan Dragons game. I mean, everyone were looking at that game, saying, "Oh well," everyone were thinking maybe we've got a new grand final winner, Uh, the Catalan Dragons, and then, of course, Saints show the prowess again, and you think, "Okay, that's that done for another year." Saint Ellens win again, but my God, uh, the last five minutes, there was a free try lead honestly and then they somehow got it to golden point but you know champions don't concede those leads even poor teams don't concede those leads I've not got a clue what happened there but they were so solid throughout and you thought Catland Dragons you know they look so good this year and they've just not been at it but then something happened not I'm, I don't think they even know what happened but They've got the win, and they've got the league leader's shield. Uh, f- that goes to a French team for the first time ever. But, yeah, it was level. Well, even in even on the Hooter, they were still a score ahead. So, you know, even when it's on 80 minutes, you're still thinking St. Helens have won this. <laughs> but they hadn't. And some of those drop goal attempts in Golden Point, they were they weren't that good, were they? Some decisions that were made were just terrible, and and even for Catalan Dragons, you're thinking, what are they doing? But they got it in the end, and it was it was a brilliant kick from James Maloney, and they'll miss him next year when he retires. But yeah, what what a game that was, and I hope many uh, neutral fans were watching that, and also another another one, leads Hull FC, (laughs) you know, so much drama on uh, Magic Weekend, and Hull FC again, just not good enough, I think, is that it for the playoffs, surely it is now, I think so, Uh, Wakefield beat Huddersfield 32 points to 18, Huddersfield, we've said a lot about them already this year, just not at the races really, but, uh, Willie Poaching, the interim coach, I make that uh, four wins out of five now, and they've they've beaten some impressive teams. They've beaten Warrington, uh AR Leeds Rhinos, uh, and Huddersfield Giants. They lost to Castleford, but uh, you know, considering the form before that, you do have to wonder why that didn't, you know, materialise before now, but look no further than willie poaching for the for the job you've got to do it because i don't think they've had these sorts of results for ages wakefield and for next up for them it's lee and then it's Hull fc so you know they could easily win those next two you know they've beaten better teams than that so it could be six wins out of seven and you you don't get much better than that here. And they don't actually fa- that far behind Hull KR and Hull FC, and we've everyone spoke about Hull KR that they've been the dark horses this year. They've probably lost that uh, sort of tag now that <laughs> that they've uh, you know they've not been that good recently. But I mean Wakefield earlier on, you, they were sort of languishing down there with Salford and Lee. Obviously Salford and Lee that Salford and Wakefield and the rest have eked ahead of Lee because of their failure to win games. But it was certainly, you know, a, a minor possibility that they could have been in danger had Lee been more competitive. But yeah, they've, um, they've got to give him the job, surely. And then the second big game of the Magic Weekend behind the St. Ellen's one was Wigan v. Warrington. That one didn't sort of live up to th- what we've already seen, really. You know, for Wigan, it's the same old issues again. Despite that win against Castleford last week, I think Castleford were really poor, and I think they, I don't think they've been that good this year. To be honest, I think they've they could have done better this year. But we saw all the same issues for Wigan. They just don't know how to score. Do they, uh, I, some of those kicks. It's just those kicks, they were terrible. Every time they ended a set, they it, it wasn't good enough. Hastings put kicks aimlessly, Harry Smith did. I think even uh, John Bateman did a kick at, at one stage, so if you've got him kicking, you know you've got issues. And of course, uh, George Williams had to score, didn't he? That, that, I think that was on the cards always. If you didn't have that on your betting slip... <laughs> I I just find it remarkable how Wigan are still fourth, to be honest. Ten games they've lost this year. Ten. But Catalan's have lost two, Saints have lost four, Warrington have lost five, and then pretty much everybody else has lost ten, if not more, barring Hull KR, who have played a lot less games than everybody else. So, you know, like I said... I don't think the quality has been there for many of the teams this year. And Lee, they lost again. They gave the effort, as they always do. But, obviously, it's not enough. They're back in the Championship next year. And Hull KR that they stay in the playoff race with that win. I think it's two percentage points away from Castleford now. Probably a, a win for either team cements... The, well, I think if Castleford win... KR, that'll cement their position in the playoffs. If Hull KR win, then they'll. I think they'll go ahead of them, but then it'll still come down to the last game, I think. So, who will it be? To be honest, if either of them get through, I don't see them getting much further than the first round, to be honest. But, I mean, for Hull KR, if they do get in the playoffs, to go from last... To playoffs is some that's some you know good going that and into the championship. Well, there was there was some big score lines in the championship, and for the playoffs, just look no further than Featherstone and Toulouse because even their closest competitors they're just blowing out of the water. Featherstone scored fifty-four points against Halifax. You know, uh, Toulouse they scored sixty against Bradford. You know, these are, sp- these are supposed to be the, the, the nearest contenders. And yet, they battered them. I think already relegated Oldham put up a better fight against Toulouse than Bradford did. So for me, the playoffs are sort of a foregone conclusion, really. But it will be a good match, uh, Featherstone to Toulouse. I just can't see past Toulouse, though. Uh, also, Widness won massively despite losing heavily uh, the week before. That was against Oldham. And the other uh, already relegated team, Swinton, they came ever so close against London. A lot of close wins for London this year. I think they did it against Oldham as well, and quite a few others. But ultimately, not enough for Swinton. But, I mean, to still be going toe-to-toe with a team that's full-time when you've already been relegated, you know, you've had a coach sacked and all this, then that I suppose that's to be commended, although it's little consolation for being in League One next year, where it's going to be even more competitive as well. You know, you, you've seen it already. We're going to speak about that later, but if when you add Oldham and uh, Swinton into the mix, with what we've already got, It's just going to be another massive fight again. Although, how that's going to shape up with what we're having these two leagues of 10 or whatever. Who knows? Also, Whitehaven, they rock up another win. And it was against Batley as well. Who, well they've been the team of the year so far for me. In terms of, you know, who, who would have thought Batley would have been one of the main players in the playoffs this year. I think they're sort of slipping towards the lower end of the playoffs. But they've been there for the majority of the season. And they're not gonna be caught, so they will be in the playoffs. Which I mean that's a great that's a great result for them. How far they'll go, well, we'll have to wait and see. But I'd back them against London and and you know, they they could beat Bradford and Halifax. Not sure who they'll face, but you know, they've got a good chance against those ones around them. It's just when you get to Featherstone and to lose. But I think White, for Whitehaven, they, they're they just behind Batley in terms of team of the year. You could even say across all leagues. Although I think Catalan's will probably win that one. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for Whitehaven, despite all that impressive play this year, I don't think they can actually get into the playoffs. I think because London won, uh, they they won't surpass London's uh, win percentage or whatever it is. So they just miss out, which is a bit of a shame. Also, Sheffield lost again. It's been a bit of a poor season for Sheffield. I think after the game, if if you watched Mark Aston's interview after the game, he described uh, the dressing room as toxic. So. It's not going too well there. Um, I think what that is, is a load of players are leaving and they've already got contracts signed up or whatever and they won't be there next year and all, all these sorts of things. So, well, he it, it said it was a lack of effort. So, you know, for, for many of the teams now, the playoffs is a bit of a foregone conclusion. So it, these next few games are a bit of a distraction, really. A, a bit of a waste of time, so... I'm not surprised we're seeing some, you know, some sort of teams giving up, I suppose. But yeah, all the actions in League One, which we're going to discuss right now. Let's just talk about North Wales, because they've lost for the first time in about eight weeks, I think. There were seven wins on the spin, and those wins came against, you know, the best teams in the league. Rochdale, Barrow, Workington. So you know if we're going in the playoffs they've got a good record against these playoff sides although they've lost against Keefley now and Keefley, they're on a they're on a four match winning streak four wins on the spin before that they lost narrowly to workington so you know even that was a close run game and then so and before that the, they they won and drew so it's Five wins out of seven and one draw, so I mean, you know, another another rem- remarkable record. But yeah, it's been a brilliant season for North Wales, and I hope I hope they do it in the playoffs. To be honest, Rochdale as well—they lost out to Barrow. I think that means now that Rochdale can't get in the playoffs. So that's their season effectively over there's only one game left uh that that win was a bit controversial however there was a red card that perhaps wasn't early on so you know playing with you know a man down for most of the game and winning with a minute to go as well perhaps they were hard done by but for Barrow I think they've been I think they have been the best team this year so I'm glad because they're pretty much up now. I'm glad they've sort of made sure they're staying in first. Unless they lose uh, next week. They're against West Wales. So, you know, I think West Wales haven't won all season. So you'd be a fool to suggest they're not going to win that. But yeah, the playoffs for uh, League One are going to be very exciting. A uh, Doncaster one as well. You know, if you look at those playoffs... North Wales have actually they've lost two more than Doncaster and three more than Workington, but you know with with that winning streak they they look a way ahead of them to be honest, and I don't really know how much to look into Workington because they've played two less than everybody else, and for some three less than everybody else so You know, they could have easily lost more or whatever. So, kind of going into the playoffs into an unknown sort of thing. But, yeah, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.